Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. Useful. And um, I want to say happy birthday to Melissa Olivares today. Happy birthday to you, Melissa. And also, just give you a report. You know, how many of you were involved in the blanket drive for the homeless? We were collecting blankets, and Melissa was doing that. Well, they went and did that. Was that yesterday? They went and distributed those blankets. Seventy-two blankets were, were handed out to those in need of them. Yeah, wonderful. And uh, so on behalf of Melissa, on behalf of our church, thank you for your contribution in that. And a lot of, they didn't turn anyone away. Everybody got a blanket. Isn't that cool? And uh, so Melissa was just really used by the Lord, and, and um, she just wanted to make sure everybody got thanked for making that a, a success. And um, <clears throat> she said that she, at the last minute, grabbed some baby blankets that they weren't even sure if they'd even need baby blankets, but she just grabbed them. And uh, there was a man who asked specifically for baby blankets there, and, and, and it happened to be that all she had was pink. Well, he just happened to have a baby girl. And so uh, it really ministered to him, and she just told him, hey, hey, God set this up for you. So he knows you, and he's watching you, and he loves you. And so she got an, a, an opportunity to share the love of Christ, and uh, that's wonderful. Thank you, Melissa, for your, for your service in that. God bless you. Amen. All right. 2 Timothy chapter 2, have you found it? Nevertheless, verse 19, the solid foundation of God stands. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are His. I don't know about you, but I could stop right there and just chew on that for a while. Right? The Lord knows those who are His. God knows you. God knows exactly where you are, and He's with you, and He's for you. He sees you, and He sees your situation. And the Bible says that He's a very present help in time of need. He's concerned about your life. The Bible says that He's touched with the very feelings of our infirmities. When Jesus became a man, He knew us. He learned how to feel like us. He understood exactly what we go through as human beings. Aren't you glad that you have a God that, connect, that can connect with you that way? That he's not just some carved out wooden idol somewhere that you can't even relate to, but he's alive, hallelujah, and he is a man seated at the right hand of the throne of God Almighty. His name is Jesus Christ. It says, the Lord knows those who are his. And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Can I get a Another good amen there. Amen. Let us depart from iniquity. Why? Well, there's a good reason why we need to do that. Amen. Uh, But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor and some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. What what Casey uh, uh, tweeted last week. Um, was that your value is determined by God and your usefulness is determined by you. And so we have to make sure that we do not make those things equal, right? Your value is not determined by how much you are used by God. Your value was determined when Jesus Christ shed his blood for you. God showed you at that moment how valuable you were that he didn't even spare his own son to get you, to love you, to extend his love and his grace to you. Amen? So you are so valuable. Right? This says that all those vessels are in the great house. 
So all of these vessels are in the family of God. All these vessels are in the kingdom of God. All these vessels are in the church of the living God, but not all of them are able to be used. Why? Because some of them are dirty. Some of them have contaminated themselves with the things of this world, and they've allowed this world's influence into their life and caused them to merely sit on a shelf and not be usable for the master. All right? So you're the one that determines how useful you're going to be for the kingdom of God. And you have this lifetime. You have one, sh- one shot this lifetime to store up tre- treasures in heaven. And whatever you store up right now, that's what you get for eternity. So make it good. All right? And when you run that race, run to get the prize. Amen? Hallelujah. The Amplified says, So whoever cleanses himself from what is ignoble and unclean, who who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences, will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable and noble purposes, consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. I think that's that's really the cry uh, of the heart of every believer, that we all want to please God and we all want to be used by God. We want to do something great for the kingdom of God. I mean, just think about think about. This partnership that God has brought us into, it still amazes me to this day that God didn't just save us so that we could do something for Him. You know, that, that might have been a, a, a wonderful thought for some of you here in the room today after the kind of life you were living, but Christ came and radically saved you, and then you think, well, that would just be wonderful to be able to do something for God. But no, He elevated you all the way up right by His side and said, you're not going to do something for me, you're going to do something with me. Right? We're partners in this thing. All right, we're working side by side. And that construction site that Jesus is on called the church of the living God that he's building, ladies and gentlemen, we're right there with him. All right? And we're doing this together with him. That's comforting to me to know God's with me in this deal. Right? But you know what? It blesses him to know that I'm with him in this deal. Amen? And that you're with him. Amen. David said, how, how does a young man cleanse his way? How, does he do, how do you get cleansed? Well, he says, by taking heed and keeping watch on himself according to the word and conforming his life to the word. That's how we, you know, in one sense, in the spirit, the truth is, in the spirit, you're already made perfect. That's wonderful. Let me just give you a, a real basic Bible lesson right quick that we are a three-part being, just like God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We are spirit, soul, and body. You are a spirit. That's really who you are. You have a soul, which is made up of your mind and your will and your emotions, intellect, but you live in a body. Say this with me. I am a spirit. I I have a soul. I I live in a body. All right? So in the spirit realm, your spirit has been made new because if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, and all things have been, become new. And 1 Corinthians six seventeen says, He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Boy, I love that. You're not just like in proximity of his spirit. You are one spirit. Like if you were walking by the ocean and you flicked a tear into that ocean, there's no way that you could separate that tear from that ocean ever again. It's become part of it. You are one spirit with Christ. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Hallelujah. So... But, you have, but we have this, our mind that we have to continually bring under subjection. Well, I can't help that. That's just the way, I can't help the way I think. Yeah, you can help the way you think. You, actually, can you, but you're supposed to help the way you think. It's our obligation as believers because if you can't get your mind right, you can't get your life right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the Bible teaches us to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind 
that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, which is his word. So the way you cleanse your mind is to get the word in your mind. Amen. To get the word in your mouth. Hallelujah. And allow the word of God to wash away old, an old way of thinking, to wash away the wrong kind of thinking and renew yourself to it. Because the world is continually trying to squeeze us and mold us into its form into its way of doing business, into its way of thinking. But, hey, you're, that's not who you are today. Amen? That's not who you are. So you got to think like who you really are. Amen? So that this flesh, then, can be under subjection. You know, as long as you are in this flesh, you're going to be at war. Because the Bible says that the spirit and the flesh are at war with one another. Right? They're, they're fighting each other. Oh, man. I mean, just as soon as you get one victory, it seems like you've got one more battle. Right? And it's a, it's a daily thing. And, you know, I've had people say, well, Pastor, I, just, I wish all that would go away. Well, I can just pray for you to die right here and go on to heaven. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you, except this is what you got to deal with. I mean, you're in the world. You're in the world. And so you're going to have, Jesus said, you're in the world, you have trouble. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Amen. That's not the time to lay down and die. That's the time to experience victory. Amen. Don't see the flesh as an opportunity to fail. See it as an opportunity to win. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, David also says that the entrance of your word gives light. See, the word of God, when it comes into our lives, it shines a light on us. It shines a light on our heart. It shines a light on our situation. shines a light on our understanding. It helps us to see the right way to go. It is the truth. And when you walk in truth and when you understand the truth, when you know the truth, Jesus said it's the truth that you know that will set you free. Truth alone won't set you free. People hear truth all the time, walk away just as stupid as they were before they heard it. It's, it's, it's the truth that you know that you take into your life and you make that part of your understanding. Then, ah, you can experience the benefit of truth. Amen. Be free. Now, turn over to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Is everybody all right so far? All right. Hallelujah. Come to Fuse tonight. We're going to have a great time. Amen. I promise you, it'd be way more exciting to watch the Dallas Cowboys play. I think they're playing this afternoon anyway. So, yeah. You might need to come and repent after all the words you say watching that game today. <laughs> all right, Matthew 5, 13. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. Say this, I am salt. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So that, He's saying if the salt loses its flavor, so that is if the salt gets contaminated somehow. Then it says it's good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled. That means it has no effect anymore. Its purpose then is lost. You are the salt of the earth. Now, Jesus didn't say, you know, it would be really nice, guys, if you could act like salt. He said, you are the salt. And here's, this is a moment, ladies and gentlemen, we, as the believers, we look into the Word of God and we see this moment, we see this thing, what Jesus says that we are, and we either choose at that moment to believe what He says. Oh, we go, uh, oh, we just think maybe it did, we're not really in that equation. He was just talking to His disciples. So we just kind of excuse ourselves from that. Or, or we just think, oh, what a beautiful metaphor, and go on with life and act like it doesn't have any meaning in our lives. This is the moment where we go, okay, he said I'm salt. What does salt do? What's the function of salt? He says I'm salt. What is salt made to do? 
Well, salt has lots of purpose. And so we're going to look at the functionality of salt and how we can relate that to our lives today. Is that all right? Because we got, if he says that's what we are, then that's what we got to be. Right? And that's what we have to show that we are. We are salt. Say, I am salt. Amen. You are the salt of the earth. So what, what is this all about? Salt is it's a necessity of life. Amen. And, and is a mineral that has been used. It's been used since ancient times. Matter of fact, it used to be a very precious commodity. Not so much anymore. You know, we get it mass produced. We walk to the store and just buy it off the shelf. But it didn't used to always be that way. There have been wars fought over salt. And the way they used to get the salt was to take the sea and they dig these pits and pour the sea into it and let the sea then evaporate and then harvest the salt from there. Aren't you glad you don't have to get your salt that way today? So we, we don't see the importance of that so much because we, it's, it's so readily available to us. It's so abundant, the supply. So we, we don't really catch the value of what Jesus is saying here. But at that time, salt was a big deal. But what this teaches us today, and there are a couple of things concerning salt in our lives. Is one, and we talked a little bit about this last week, is that this tells us that we're valuable. And number two, it tells us that we have influence. All right, that's, the, that's what salt does. And, and first of all, see, back in the period that Jesus made this statement, I mean, it was a whole different reality. In fact, the Greeks called salt divine. Roman soldiers were partially paid with salt. You've heard the term, he's not worth his salt, or he is worth his salt. That means he either is worth the wages that he's making, or he's not worth the wages. And that's, that's where we get that idea from, because they... They paid people in salt. Matter of fact, it was called salarium. It's where we get our word for salary. Do you think of yourself then? How do you look at your own life? How do you see yourself? When you see that Jesus says your salt, which tells you you're valuable, but do you see yourself as valuable? Do you see yourself as of great value to God? Do you see yourself as a great value to this world that we live in? Or do you think yourself as someone who really doesn't matter that much? Think yourself as someone as just one more cog in the wheel or one more dot on the map? Hey, listen, I want to tell you today, Jesus said you're the salt of the earth. Right? So you have to come to the place in your life where you believe that. And if you believe that, then you'll start acting on it. Right? That's, think about the price that was paid for you to be who you are today, right? If God saw you valuable, then you do him a disservice if you don't see yourself that way. See, we often measure our value by the things that we do or don't do, but that's not how God measures us. See, he already measured us, our value, by giving us his son. He showed us what we are worth. He didn't even spare Jesus to get us. Now, I love you, but there ain't no way in the world I'm going to sacrifice my son for any of you in this room today. That's just not going to happen. Amen. So my love has limits. God's love doesn't have any limits, apparently. His own son freely gave him for us. Right? Can you accept that today? Can you accept how valuable you are and stop looking at yourself to try to gain value? Because you ain't going to win that way. But look to Jesus so that you can really understand because you will not know who you are until you know who he is. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27 says, So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, 
He created them. It's nice to be on the top of the food chain, isn't it? You are. Our society is constantly elevating creation, though, right? I can't believe the things they'll do for dogs these days. It's amazing to me. They live better than a lot of humans do, you know? Elevate them right up there. Act like we're all on the same level. Uh Uh-uh. That dog ain't made in the image of God. I could eat that dog if I wanted to. And I won't, but... All right, we got to get our priorities right. Understand that we, we are the apple of God's eye, right? And we take care of this creation that we have, but we certainly don't elevate them to the same value that we are. God doesn't even, look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 26. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into, into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Hey, God thinks you're more valuable. You should too. Amen. Because there's nobody like you. We're the only race. We're the only ones. The only, only creatures that look like God. That's awesome. I mean, if, if, it, if it really doesn't matter if, if, if nature is at the same value and if, if, if animals and things are at the same, then Jesus could have just come as a dog. Right? It wouldn't have mattered. He could have come as a flower. But he didn't. He became us. He became a man. Hallelujah. Boy, I needed a little bit better amen than that. I'll, I'll, take, I'll, I'll take you. He created us to look like him. I love this. And then he became one of us. And then through what he did, by grace through faith, then we become like him. See, he already had his nature, and we had our, our manliness, our humanity. So then he took his nature and put it and became a man so that we could, as men, take his nature and become like him. It's beautiful. So valuable. Secondly, say this. Say, I'm valuable, and I'm influential. One of the primary uses of salt during this time, and even still today, was to purify. It was to purify. The Romans said that salt was the purest of all things because it was made with the purest things, the sun and the sea. I mean, even, even, even the most primitive tribes offer salt to their, to their false gods. Even, even the Jewish nation offered salt to God as an offering. So then if we are the salt of the earth, then we have to then be an example of purity. Don't go quiet on me there. That's where you, that's where you go, amen. Yeah. <laughs> I talked to you last week. We talked about a few problems that we come across as Christians where we look like the world by some of the actions that we take. And Paul gave a, a whole list of, of sins that the world is involved in. He said, hey, the works of the flesh are evident. They're evident. They're in the world, uh-huh. right? Yeah. And we talked about some of those things, you know, fornication and anger and lasciviousness and all, all those kinds of things and, and how that, that's not becoming of us as believers. Um, but today's, in today's society, it's, it's just continually lowering its standards all the time. Unfortunately, the church has done that in a lot of ways too. And, and it's, it's, it's with its open promiscuity and, and someone has to stand up and be the influence for, for purity. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm happy to give you this information today that that responsibility falls on us. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. That's on us to make sure that happens. Amen. So it's not so much about talking about purity and signing petitions that uphold purity, but living a life of it. Amen. 
Look over at 2 Corinthians chapter 6 for a moment, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you, look, at, look, look, look what God's saying about you again. You are the temple of God. You're the salt of the earth. He says you're the temple of God. He wants to live and abide and dwell in you. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Next verse. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate. That is this darkness, unbelievers. Come out from among them and be separate. Now, now Jesus is not teaching us, Jesus is not teaching us to separate ourselves from the world that we have nothing to do with, that we don't actually live in society. He's saying, don't act like they act. Don't talk like they talk. All right? You got to live in this world. You're here. But be the influence in this world. You are the salt here in this situation. All right? Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Next verse. I will be father, a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So the Word teaches us, and we look back at Timothy for a moment, it says when we cleanse ourselves from these kinds of things then, then we make ourselves useful for God. He's, he, he can at any moment call on us. See, I want to be the guy that God can call on any moment. I don't want to have things in my life that bring hiccups in my walk with God, right? I bring hindrances where, where he would love to use me, but he can't. I do not want God to think of me that way. Am I, am I in the right crowd here today? All right? I want to just be ready, willing, and able at all times. God, I'm ready. You tell me I'm ready. I'm here. I'll say it. I'll do it. I'll go there. I don't care. I'll do it. Amen. Your influence. So we influence then. We influence others by what we say and what we do. This is, what, this is how we demonstrate God to the world. That's all we can do. The words that are coming out of our mouth and the actions that we are speaking you know who Carly Patterson is, the, the, the American gymnast, Carly Patterson? Well, in 2003, she won, um, actually, she didn't win it. She got the silver medal in the world championships. And Mary Lou Retton, who was the only uh, American woman to ever win the all-around gymnastics uh, gold medal, she took notice of Carly. And, and she, she uh, wrote, uh, she sent her a poster with the words written, I saw you win silver at the world's but I'll see gold on you in Athens. And Carly hung that poster on her bedroom wall, and she used that note as encouragement to fuel her passionate preparation for the Olympics. And after she received the gold in Athens for uh, the all-around gymnastics competition, the first person Carly Patterson got on the phone with was Mary Lou Retton. Hey, stop and consider for a moment what kind of influence you're being on people. What, what kind of message are you, are you portraying with your life? What are, and you'll know by, by what they're saying about you. Yeah. Amen. Uh-huh. Amen. Amen. How are you representing Christ in your workplace? How are you representing him among your friends and your, co- and your, your family and just people around you? Yeah. Are you difficult to get along with? Grumpy? Easily swayed by opinions? always cynical and sarcastic? Or do they know that they can call on you when they're in trouble? Do they know, hey, I need you to pray for me? Are you that one? 
that they can always look to with that consistent life, it's always bringing the right kinds of things. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Always encouraging. I was sitting in Starbucks um, a few months back, and a lady came in that worked in another location, and she saw me, and she said, Eric, what are you doing here? And I, and I, I don't remember what I was doing there, drinking coffee more than likely, but she, uh, she said, I said, hey, how you doing? How, you still over at the other store? She said, yeah. She said, uh, and we got to talking, and she, she then got to, she knew I was a pastor, uh, but that's as far as our conversation had ever gone before. And she said, hey, I want to tell you something. I, I've, I'm glad to see you here. I wanted to tell you something. She said, maybe about six months ago at our other location, you prayed with a girl there named Megan. And, and I remember, I said, yeah, I remember that because she wasn't feeling well. She said, yeah. She said, man, that changed that girl's life. I was like, it did? I had no idea. Wow. I just got to know this girl. Um, her, she comes from a long line of family who, who fought in different wars. I mean, all the way up to the, to the Revolutionary War. It was amazing. She, she told me about her grandfather and her great-grandfather and, and uh, how her, fa- her family has is, is, uh, all been military. And so we've had a lot of great conversations. Well, one day I came in, and she wasn't feeling well. She sounded all stopped up, and, she just, and she's always smiling, but this day she didn't, it was hard for her to smile. And, I just, and she handed me my coffee. I said, hey, can I, can I do something? Or can I pray for you? Would you mind if I just prayed for you, Megan? She said, no. I said, I just happen to believe in God's power to heal. And, uh, and, and I believe that when I pray for you, you're going to feel better. She said, sure, thanks. And I prayed for her. And she said, thanks, and I left. And a few months later, I'm sitting at this other Starbucks, and this lady named Vanessa comes up, and she tells me, she said, she said man, she goes, I've been, I've been for, for some time I've been trying to open up a way, trying to witness to this girl. And she said, uh, because she's not a believer, she said, but when you did that, she told me the next day at work, she said, Eric came here and prayed for me. She said, I'm telling you, I felt something like I've never felt before. She goes, I immediately started feeling better. And... Uh, and it, but it opened up her life. She said, man, when I started talking to her about the gospel, she, she said she was so open to it. And uh, who knows? I don't know if she got saved or not. I'm just telling you, those moments will come in your life. And you, it, to you, it's just you living life. As a believer, you're just doing what you do, right? But it's changing the world, all right? So you are, Jesus said, you are the salt. That means you have influence. And if, if you'll just use that influence for God's glory, great things will happen. I, I just love that. When, when we consider the fact that one of the main functions of salt is to influence, then we realize that Jesus is calling all of us to be people of influence. It's used to preserve meat and other foods. And if we're going to be that salt of the earth and our influence in this present day world, then we must also preserve what is right. Not only do we stand for purity, but we also preserve what is right. That is, that we'll, we always preach the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not our own opinions. We preach the Word of God. We, we say what the Bible says because, because the, living, the Bible is living and, and the gospel has in it by itself the power to save. Yeah. Amen. I love that. I think, it, I think it's, we make it too hard on ourselves sometimes that, that we think that that person really needs to understand just how awful and sinful they are yeah. rather than just telling them just how wonderful Jesus is. Yeah. Amen. Let's just switch this thing around and show some love and grace here. That I, when, I, when I read the Scriptures, I, I don't see these in the New Testament. When they're preaching, the God, I don't ever see them, I don't see them hammering sinners. I see them exalting Christ and people coming to Jesus. 
making him so irresistible and so wonderful. I mean, who could, who could, who could resist this great Jesus who came to save me? Right? Let me tell you something. People know they're in trouble. People know they're in sin. We're born with that understanding. So for us to go and just tell them the same thing they already know doesn't help their situation. See, that's what the law did. The law came and showed us how awful we were. When, God, when Moses wrote those Ten Commandments and we looked out there and went, eh, no way I can do all that. Right? And we just couldn't measure up because the Bible says if you, keep, if you keep one part of the law, you've got to keep the whole law. All of it. Every bit of it. Amen. So, I mean, it was, there was nothing we could do. We were powerless to do anything, and all the law could just show us how holy God is and how sinful we were. But it had no power in it to help us to live a righteous life. Thank God for Jesus who came and fulfilled that law, thank God, so that we could all receive the blessings of a fulfilled law. Hallelujah. And we receive remission of sins. The law couldn't remove sins. It could only point to it, but Jesus removed it. Amen. The blood of Jesus cleansed us from all sin. Hallelujah. So that's, that's, that's the news we tell. That's the gospel. Jesus Christ died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again the third day. Whoever believes on him will not perish but have everlasting life. Isn't that a beautiful thing? That message right there saves men. That message alone takes people out of darkness and into light, out of death and into life. you got to believe the message, though. Amen? So we just keep it simple. We don't ever change that message. We don't ever try to make it something else. Because the moment we, we put stipulations on men is the moment we do not offer them the power to get saved. The only, the only thing that we can do with this grace is receive it by faith. That's the only proper response to God's saving grace is to believe it. I accept that. I receive that. How beautiful is that? Amen. And listen, when it comes to doing what's right, when it comes to, to, to living a righteous, holy life, when it really comes to show, act like it depends on you. Don't wait for somebody else to be the Christian. You be the Christian. Amen. Act like it's not going to get done unless you do it. Uh-huh. Are you hearing me today? Yeah. Act like the light's not going to shine unless you shine. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. The right decision is not going to be made. The words are not going to be spoken unless you're the one doing it. Uh-huh. Because, ladies and gentlemen, it does depend on us. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Daily people are going by you. Brother John Osteen used to say, sighing, dying, crying humanity is all around us. Hmm. Colossians chapter 4, and we're getting near the end here. Verse 5 says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Verse 6, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with what? Salt. And that does not mean that you carry around a salt shaker and say, Jesus loves you. <laughs> seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer, answer each one. Well, this is good. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned, seasoned with salt. Why does it say it like that? What does that mean? Speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. Well, this time of year, I love this time of year because this is when my wife starts trying new recipes. You know, making, like this past week, she made buffalo chicken chili. I was born all over again, man, I'm telling you. 
That stuff was amazing. When you see a whole stick of butter going into the pan, you know this is going to be good. Cannot wait. And heavy whipping cream, you know, every fattening substance is going into this chili. And this hot sauce, I love hot sauce and chicken. And, and I could not wait. And then we poured it over Frito chips and with blue cheese crumbles on top and chopped up onion chives. You hungry yet? You can go to Frito-Lay.com, and it's on that website anyway. But, I mean, I'm just loving it. Matter of fact, Pastor Brandon got to partake of that. Heather, Heather told me, she goes, the moment he took a bite of it, he just started fist pumping. Was, I don't know. It's total man food. You know, Heather's looking, she's cooking going, this is so gross. You know, I always know it's going to be good when she says that, you know. But in recipes, they always call for salt, don't they? Well, even sweet stuff. I, I, I made a cake one time and it called for salt, and I was like, salt? Why are we putting salt in this? Salt is in everything. And you know what? The thing about salt is, you know when it's not there, don't you? Yeah. Amen. Moment you put that foot, I mean, you know that it, what did we say? Needs more salt. But you also know when there's too much of it. Let your speech be with grace, seasoned with salt. That is, measured out properly. Okay? Sometimes all you have to do is offer a few words. But ladies and gentlemen, sometimes it's time to take the floor. Right? And bring it. Sometimes you're not enough salt and sometimes you're too much salt. But the right kind of salt is the salt that's measured out. All right? And here's where you have to rely on the Holy Spirit to help you. Amen. Amen. This is where you have... Let me tell you something. The Bible says that He will guide you into all truth. He'll guide you into all truth. You can always know what to say and when to say it and how to say it by the Holy Spirit who's there to help you. He's not going to let you fail. He's not going to... I mean, even if... So then you can't... (laughs) Then you can't offer words and actions based on how you think people are going to respond. You have to do it based on that inner voice that's guiding you and leading you. You have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit because men are going to respond certain ways. And it's, that initial response does not always mean that that's the end result. Are you hearing me? Sometimes it might make them mad. But you know what? Later on that day, they think about it and they keep thinking about it, keep thinking about it, and all you did was annoy them all day. <laughs> hey, that's all right. Right? Keep thinking about it. And you know what? Sometimes that's how people process things. And in the end, it could change their life. So we, we cannot just try to be nice about everything all the time. Yeah, we need to be kind. All I'm saying is sometimes the message, when it comes, it's not going to fall on ears that are ready for it. Right? So you have to just rely on the Holy Spirit, amen, to lead you and guide you. And He will. So there, there's a delicate balance when seasoning with salt. It works best when it's properly measured out. And your words become more valuable most of the time the fewer they are. Because let me tell you something. If you don't measure them out, they'll measure them for you. Right? 
like when you're trying to talk to them or, or you know, you'll know. They'll send you a clear message. You're walking their way and they suddenly turn and go the other way. Then you realize, okay. I mean, put two and two together at that moment and don't pursue them and be a stalker. That's when you go, okay, I did something wrong. Or, All right. You know what I mean? You don't answer my phone calls. There's a reason why I don't answer your phone calls. You're too salty. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Brandon Marshall, come up here. He's, he's not coming to receive offering again. Don't get nervous. <laughs> just, I want you to just tell them what, what happened to you on Friday. Friday morning, I got a call from the owner of my company, and, and uh, he asked me to go and attend a meeting with our special events person who I've known for several years. Uh, she's been there longer than I have at the company. And so she was going to be meeting with the, the VP of the people at Windstar, uh, the big casino in Thackerville, Oklahoma. And Woo! so, uh, yeah, I had the, uh, the privilege of, of going with her and her assistant and, and driving them up to Oklahoma, which is always an uh, unfortunate event when you have to cross the Red River. And I'm not taking full credit for the earthquakes. All I'm saying is the ground did feel a little softer with my Texas feet on them. I don't know. What it, but uh, <laughs> is that good enough? Are you done? All right. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I went and we had, the, we had the appointment and everything went great. And we had a great meeting there and we had some lunch uh, at the little restaurant inside of there. And so we just had a really good time. And on the way back, uh, she and her assistant started talking about uh, having their palm read or tarot cards and this kind of thing. Because apparently we had passed a palm reader uh, on the highway there. And so they started talking about it and they really got into the conversation, telling each other how accurate it was and how they really just couldn't believe how amazing these type of people are. And so I just drove and didn't really say anything. I'm just listening. Mm -hmm. And they asked me what I thought. And so I told them what I thought. But I didn't do it in a way that was, you know, make them feel stupid, uh, even though it kind of was. I didn't make them feel like you guys are dumb for doing all that. I just told them what I believe and what the Bible says about uh, gifts like that and things like that. And so it sort of opened up a conversation. I would, sort of it opened up a full-on conversation about, uh, about what I believe and why I believe that way. And so they just started asking questions. And all the way home, it's about an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 20 minutes uh, back to McKinney. And the entire time, I had an opportunity to preach the grace of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ to these two people, and they were just in tears all the way home. And it was just such a, a crazy feeling, such an anointed feeling in the car right there that everything I was saying was just, you could tell it was going straight to the heart, everything. Just in, and they didn't even want to get out of the car when we got back to McKinney. They kept asking me questions. I was like, girls, I got to go home. I got, like, babies and stuff I got to eat. And, and, and they didn't want to get out of the car. It was just amazing, and so I'm looking forward to Monday uh, when I see these people and, and just to see how the relationship has changed and the, uh, you know, sort of the, the way they look at, uh, look at me and each other. So that's, what. that's wonderful. Praise God. Thanks, Brandon. That's so good. So he had the opportunity at that moment. And I'm telling you, when I was in Bible school, there were some guys there that were just so zealous, I and mean, they got a conversation, and that, that conversation would have been over because they've been so, so zealous to say what they wanted to say, yeah. right? And before long, and it, so it would have just closed up. But then if they would have asked Brandon what he thought, he could have just said, ah, I don't know. And the opportunity never could have shown. But grace was measured, right? right? So there are those opportunities where you either need to speak up or you need to, to be quiet and learn how to do it. It's a fun adventure following the voice of the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? So just learn to trust God. 
Learn to trust Him that He's with you and learn that you can be bold in moments like that because when God's unctioning you, listen to me, He's about to do something extraordinary, okay? So, hallelujah. You are valuable and you have influence. You are the salt of the earth. Amen. So bring the flavor. Hallelujah. Amen. I want us all to just stand together this morning as we get ready to dismiss. Sure. Don't forget tonight is Fuse at 6 o'clock. Be here. Pastor Curtis Coker is going to be here with us. And this guy, you know, he, he's kind of one of those preachers that makes me nervous because you don't ever know really what he's going to say, you know. And it's going to be good, but it's probably, well, I'll just maybe let you come and see what you think. It's going to be good. Uh, let's bow our heads for just a moment before we get out of here. Father, I, I want to say thank you for this time right now, God, that we have received your word. And, Lord, we've, we've been encouraged and admonished, maybe even corrected if need be. Lord, on how we see ourselves, Lord, that we do that from time to time, that we often look at ourselves in the wrong light. We forget just how wonderful, fearfully and wonderfully we've been made and how, how much you love us and how you see us, God, and how much you need us to see ourselves as you see us so that we can... We can show who you are in this world, Father. Lord, bless your people. Help them, Father God, to remember that they're bad. Once again, thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. We invite you to check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com for upcoming events and information about us. God bless you.